All right. You may be seated. Um, I need I need to tell you that um, right before Seth comes up, we are we are taking steps to improve security here at, at Farmington Baptist Church. Um, the first thing that we have done is currently the CWC is locked, and we have a person over there um, watching uh, that door. Um, that's Todd today, and we're going to start a rotation for that. If you have a child over there, um, if you could just see Tanya in the back, she'll make sure that you can get in um, over there if you need to get them for any reason. But um, as I was thinking it through, I just wanted them to be secure first, and then after that, we're going to work on some stuff right out here. Um, I do want to say, I know, and if you're visiting, I hope this doesn't scare you, um, I know that a, a lot of people pack in this congregation. Um, however, if what I what I would request that you do is if somebody does come in the room and there's already a person taking care of business, so to speak, do not fire your weapon. Okay, I, I'm more afraid of crossfire than anything else. So just we've we've got a person watching things today. Um, so you just do what you think is right and safe for your family, but try not to shoot anybody because I'd hate for that to happen. But it's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. So if you're packing, just kind of just pause a moment before you pull that trigger. Um, I'm pretty sure somebody would be taking care of that. So with that heaviness in the room, we have set up Seth um, for, for his, his, his sermon today, uh, that, that mood in the room. I, I'm looking forward to this. He's been in a series on um, the armor of God, and I'm not going to tell you what he's preaching on this morning, but he's already had two. If you want to check those out, they're on our YouTube page, or you can go to our regular website and listen to his sermons there. But we're looking forward to, to it, buddy. And um, remember, Joey and I are grading you on this Good. today. So, Good. So we're, we're right now. Come on up. Give him a hand. All right. Let's, ooh, here we go. Okay. Let's do this. Let's give Pastor Philip and the rest of the praise team a hand, too. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of weird. Usually I'm doing the announcements and he's doing the preaching. And we kind of swapped a little bit. And he was even doing leading music and worship. And so that was, that's kind of cool. But I'm glad I get the, the opportunity to preach again. Um, yeah, and thanks for that, for setting up the heaviness in the room. Uh, and I'm gonna have to try to get that back up a little bit, but no. Um, yeah, isn't that sad that we have to be thinking about that? You know that we we live in a, in a land that is free, country that is free, but there are people in this world that are so just bound to craziness, chaos, and they want to destroy what we have as freedom. They want to destroy that. Um, we live in a chaotic world. Would you agree with that? Um, you know, people say, you know, things are getting worse and getting worse. And honestly, we've always lived in a chaotic, chaotic world. Uh, ever since the beginning of time, ever since the fall, there's been chaos. There has been evil in this world. Um, so we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare today. And, you know, we have um, this past Sunday when um, the shooter came into, into Texas 
And we've had instances like that. We've had instances where we've had shootings, where we've had uh, terror. We've had just, we've seen the effects of chaos in this world. I truly believe that that is because there is a greater force beyond what we see, and it is spiritual warfare at work in the lives of these people. If you were to trace back something happening in these instances and these people's lives where they have made these decisions to do these terrible acts of evil and murder, it would probably be linked to some sort of sin that they're dealing with, that they're struggling with, where they have not chosen to give up to God, to give it back to God. It's spiritual warfare. And so we're going to be talking about that today. If you uh, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're just going to dive into it. It says this, Ephesians 6, we're going to begin with uh, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. All right, let's stop there for a minute. You know, so often we think about spiritual warfare in our life. We think about sin that we're dealing with and ways that we can, we can overcome this sin and ways that we can um, just win over this sin. And often what we do is our own selves, we're trying to get over it by ourselves, We're trying to overcome this sin in our own strength. The first step in this is to realize that you can't do it alone. You can't do it in your own strength. It is only by the power of God that you can get over sin in your life. It is only by the power of God that you can fight spiritual warfare. So it says that, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And then it gets into the certain pieces of the armor. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. We talked about that. I did a series or a message on the belt of truth and what that is. That is basically, it is truth. God is truth. And he has given us truth. And we are to gird our loins with the belt of truth, making sure that it fastens us in, that it holds us together, that it is truth that we are, um, that we are standing on. And then this, it says... Um, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we talked about that as well. If y'all remember, I had the, the bulletproof vest. It wasn't actually bulletproof, bullet resistant, but it was uh, Keith Miller's. If we're going to go into a fight, going in, into uh, where we know there's going to be bullets flying, we want to have protection. We want to know that we're going to be safe. So going through life, if we take off that righteousness, that breastplate of righteousness, it leaves us vulnerable to sin. It leaves us vulnerable to destruction, vulnerable to evil. So put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then we get to this, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, um, I want to thank you so much for the God that you are. God, I want to thank you so much for um, just the church that we're in, for 
the word that you have given us. Lord, I pray that you would speak through the message today. Uh, let it be your words. Uh, let, it, let it be your Holy Spirit that speaks into our lives. And it's just my prayer. Amen. All right, the shoes. So oftentimes, when you think about the shoes, you think the shoes of peace. Okay? Um, my whole life growing up, I would always, I would read through that verse, and I would always think, okay, the, the part of the armor, this is the shoes, this is the shoes of peace. But what it says there is that the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace. So there's an element here, and it's, it's readiness. Another, um, another translation is preparation. Readiness, preparation. Are you ready to fight spiritual warfare? Are you prepared to do battle with sin? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Um, we're going to go to our little uh, Roman soldier dude up on the screen here. And this, so when Paul was writing about, when he was writing to the Ephesians, and he was writing about the armor of God, he was, um, he was taken into account that he was chained to a Roman soldier. Uh, last week, we, we, uh, Pastor Philip ended his, his sermon series in the book of Acts. Uh, we, we went over the last part of there, and it talked about how Paul was in Rome during this time. He was in Rome, and he was writing to these different churches, and one of these churches was to the church um, in Ephesus, to the Ephesians. Now, the thing is, is that he was on house arrest, and while he was on house arrest, he was being chained to this Roman soldier, so he was able to see all the pieces, all the pieces of the armor, everything that this Roman soldier had on him. And he gets to the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now, I have some sandals that I was going to bring today, and I completely forgot them. I walked out of the house without them. Um, but they are a little bit of, it would give you a little bit of an idea of what these shoes look like. All right? So these shoes, they were, they were leather. They had leather straps. The soles on them were leather. The, the particular ones that I have are really smooth on the bottom of the surface. Now, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever tried to play any kind of sports uh, with shoes that didn't have good traction? Have you ever tried to go out and play, you know, football on a wet field with wet grass, and you're trying to do all these jukes and everything, and you're just slipping all over the place? When I was in high school, um, our youth group, we would actually, we did this trailer park ministry. And every fifth Sunday, we would go to this trailer park, and we would do like a little Bible study with the guys, and we would go and we would play football afterwards. Now, these guys loved football. They, I mean, they woke up, they wanted to play football. You know, they went to school, they got back, they wanted to play football. So all they cared about in life was football. And so we would go play football with them. And we were not quite as good as them. So what they would do is they say, all right, well, to make it fair, we'll take off our shoes and just play in our socks. And that was actually quite funny because these guys were fast. But trying to stop on a dime when you're that fast, I mean, you just wipe out completely. And that's what these guys were doing. So the Roman soldiers, the Romans were smart. All right? I was talking with Joey this morning. We were talking about how smart these guys were. And, you know, it, to, to build a, an empire the way they did, you have to have some smarts behind you. So what they did is they realized that, hey, these leather shoes that we have, we don't have any traction. We need to do something about this. So what they did is they took, spikes or nails and they drove it in to the leather shoes so that they could have traction. I have a picture of that 
Let's go to the next slide. This is what is believed to be a Roman soldier's shoe. This was found in um, what they think was England about the year of 100 A.D. Well, they didn't find it then. They, they dated it back to that year. Um, but you see all, all the studs there, all the spikes that are there. Let's go to the next, next slide. This is another one. Um, you can see the kind of the leather straps that they have, but they have spikes on the bottom of it to give them traction so they can stand firm in the midst of battle, so they can push forward in the midst of battle, so they have traction, they have something to plant their feet on, and they can move without slipping. Um, looking at these, I, I kind of feel like they look like a cross between Chacos and Crocs, would you agree? Yeah, I might have to get me some of these. Let's go to the next slide. And this is kind of a modern version of what, uh, of um, someone trying to make them in today's time and trying to, trying to go back to that. All right, so cool, we can go to the next slide now. Um, but these shoes, these shoes, they had this traction. They were able to push forward in battle. They were able to hold their ground. In the midst of spiritual warfare, we want to be able to hold our ground and we want to be able to push forward against evil. Push forward against what the devil is throwing at us. Now, something else that I think is really interesting about this verse is that we're going to dig in a little bit deeper. We'll, we'll go back to uh, verse 15, and it says this, And as shoes for your feet... Having put on the readiness, okay, so it's readiness that we're putting on our feet, being prepared, being ready for battle, but where does this readiness come from? In the ESV it says, given by the gospel of peace. Given by the gospel of peace. So what that means is that the gospel of peace brings readiness in your life. Readiness is a product of the gospel of peace. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Um, if you are a Christian here today, you have peace with God, which is an amazing thing. Romans 5.1, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you today, standing before God, you have peace. You are no longer an enemy of him. You are no longer a, re a rebel against him. You are on his side. He is on your side. You are a, a child of his. And in fact, you're not just a child, but you are an heir to his kingdom, an heir to his family, which is an amazing thought. However, there are times in our lives where I know you don't always feel the peace of God working in your life. I know that because I've been there. There are times in your life where you see things that are happening. You, you see where the world is going. You see where your own life is going. And you don't feel the peace or the presence of God working. Now, there's a lot of different reasons for that. Sometimes it may be because of your own sin in your life. It may be because of your own worry or anxiety about what's happening in your life. It may be because simply you're just going through a storm, and that's just the way it is. But we have access to this peace because we are children of God. 
we have access to be ready to do what God's called us to do and to have peace with him. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, though, is that sometimes we allow worry and anxiety to rule our hearts, to rule in our lives. We allow the worry of what's going to be happening to rule in our lives. What that does is that takes away the, um, the ability for you to be ready to do what God's called you to do. How many times in your life have you felt like God was wanting you to do something, and maybe even someone has come up to you and even said, hey, okay, let's just take it from this instance. Hey, um, we need help in the children's wing, and we need you to, to, to come help us, if you would. And you felt like God was working on your heart, and you wanted to do that, but you started thinking about it. You're like, eh, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good with kids. Uh, that's not really where I think I, I want to be. Um, I don't really know about that. And you allow all this worry and anxiety to come into your mind, and it holds you back from going forward and doing what God wants you to do. Or maybe there's maybe a mission trip that you just feel like God wants you to go on this trip. He wants you to, um, to go and to serve in another capacity overseas. And in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, but that's, you know, that's a lot of money, and that's a lot of time, that's, you know, that's danger, all these different things, and you don't have peace about it in your heart because you're allowing worry to get into the way. You're not ready to do what God's called you to do because you're not allowing the peace of God to work in your heart. I know there was, um, there was a time back when I was uh, first started at Bible college, and um, I just felt like God wanted me to go counsel at camp one year. He just wanted me to go and, and spend a summer counseling with kids, and I knew that's what he wanted me to do. But I resisted what he, what he was calling. I resisted that, and um, I was not faithful in what he was calling me to do. Because I allowed my own worry to get in the way. I was thinking, you know, I, I really need to take this summer, and I need to just go back. I need to work, be ready for school when it starts back, and, you know, not take all this time and, and to, to, do, to do camp. But I knew in my heart that I was supposed to do this, but I allowed my own worry and anxiety to get in the way to rule me. We oftentimes allow that to happen. But see, the thing is, is that we know that God is in control. But sometimes we don't truly believe that. Sometimes we don't truly trust that he really is in control of our lives. And if he's wanting us to do something, and he's wanting us to step out in faithfulness, that he's going to provide the way. And we choose not to hold on to that peace, not to hold on to that truth, not to trust him and allow his peace to come in and soothe our anxiety, soothe our weariness. And it holds us back from obeying him instead of us going forward and obeying what he's called us to do. Um. If you would, let's turn to the book of Mark. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4 and verse 25. 
See, the thing is, is that when we don't have the peace of God working in our hearts, there are a lot of missed opportunities that, that are going to come our way. We're going to miss the opportunity to serve him. We're going to miss the opportunity to step out in, in faith and what he wants us to do. Who knows of the, all the opportunities that have come in your life that you've decided to, to not go in that direction and what kind of impact God could have used in your life. But we, what we do is instead of trusting that he is going to give us the peace, that he is going to take care, that he is going to be sovereign in our life, we get worried and we let that take, a, take away. And in Mark chapter 4, you all know this story. You all know what's happening here is that Jesus has basically, they're in the boat with his disciples and they are crossing the sea and this storm comes up. Let's begin reading with verse, um, I said 25, I meant to say 35. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they awoke him and said, now let's stop right there. Jesus is in the midst of a storm, and there's a storm that is rocking the boat back and forth, and all the disciples are just like, what is going on? We're going to die. We're going to sink. We're going to you know, fall out of this boat. What is going on? And they look at Jesus, and he's just fast asleep in the stern of the boat. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if any of you have ever been on a boat before. Have you ever had seasickness or anything like that? Um, that's not a pleasant thing. And Motion sickness in general is not a pleasant thing. I don't know how Jesus could be sleeping through that. But the thing is, is that he is God, and he knows that he's safe because he knows what is happening. He knows what is going on. The disciples, they looked at him, and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obeys him? Jesus Christ has the power to calm the storms in your life. Jesus Christ has the power to give you peace when you're looking around and you don't see any reason why you should have peace. Jesus Christ has, has the power to bring the peace that surpasses all understanding in your life. But it takes trust in him that he is God, that he will bring peace, that he will bring this, this peace to your life. And when we have this peace and we are settled in knowing God, we are settled in knowing the joy that comes with having this peace, we can move forward and we are ready to move forward in our walk with him and what God has wanted us to do, what he has called us to do. Um, <clears throat> This, this world and all the chaos that it, that it has, it needs Jesus Christ. 
it needs the peace that only God can bring to this world. The only way that we're ever going to see anything good really come out of this world is when Jesus Christ is working in the hearts of, of those who are here. Um, <clears throat> what he has called us to do as Christians is to go out and to share this peace with the law. Share this peace with those who don't know, who don't know God, who don't know Christ, who don't have this peace in, in their life and in their hearts already. And he has called us to do that. Um, a friend of mine, Matt Lauder, I don't know if he's in the room, he was, he was teaching youth one night, and um, he was talking about evangelism and sharing your faith, and he was talking about um, that God has called us to this. There he is over there. And he, he, was, he was preaching on this. And a quote that he said, and I will never forget, it was, so, it was so simple but so profound, is he said this, you can't share what you ain't got. Right? You can't share what you ain't got. You can't share the love of God and the peace that God has given you if you're not already living in that. If you're not letting the peace that, that God has given you to transform your heart and, and to, to, to make your life look more like Jesus Christ, you can't let other people know what that is as well because you haven't been letting God do that in your heart, in your life. You can't share what you don't have. But if you have Jesus Christ, you have access to this peace that brings readiness to go out and to do what God has called you to do, to obey his commands, to obey his ways. And what he has, what he has called you to do, you have the peace that gives you readiness. If you have been changed by the gospel, then let that overtake you and rule your life. How can you share the peace of God with someone else if you aren't already living it yourself? So I ask you today, are you living like you have access to this peace? Or are you living like you are the one who is control, in control of your life? The only way you're going to be able to overcome sin, to overcome spiritual warfare, to overcome all these things that are trying to hold you back from walking in, in line and in step with who God is, is if you allow that peace to come into your heart, to come into your life, and to change you. If you would, turn with me to Colossians 3. And we're going to look at what, this is a, this is a picture of, this is a picture of what a changed life looks like. So what a, a picture of after you have been saved, what your life looks like and has been changed um, with the gospel. So first off, this, this passage, um, the first little bit of this passage is talking about setting our minds on things above. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Setting your mind on things above instead of the things that are on this earth. This next part talks about putting to death the sin that you have in your life. 
the old man that you have, the old man that you once were, because now you have been changed by the gospel, your heart has been changed, it has been saved, it has been given peace with God, and now you are to put to death these things. But then when you hop down to verse 12, look at what it says. But then we are to put on, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. If you have been changed by the gospel, if you have been changed by the peace of God that only God can bring into your life, you are given a relationship with not just Jesus Christ, but with his church, with his people, relating to one another, being a part of a body that is the bride of Christ. And all of these things, having unity and community with one another, should rest on this one thing, is letting the peace of Christ rule in your life. Letting the peace of Christ rule between your brother and sister. Something comes up, something, something happens, you can go to them and you can find peace in the midst of that, that struggle, in the midst of that tension. You can overcome things, you can ask for forgiveness. Because Christ has forgiven you, you can do the same thing with them. Having all of this, having the gospel of peace in your life, it brings readiness to be able to push forward and to do what God's called you to do. But if you're not allowing the gospel to change you, you're not allowing the gospel to give you peace in your life, you're not going to be able to go forward in your walk with him. But you can do that, and you can do that today. And maybe you're sitting here, and maybe you've never experienced peace with God. Maybe you've never had true peace in your life. Maybe you've never truly been changed by the gospel. But you can do that today. And all you have to do is simply look to the cross, look to Jesus Christ, and put your faith and trust in him, that he has the power to change you, and repent of your sins, and turn from your ways, and walk in him. And you can do that today. So as our, our band comes up, I'm going to go ahead and, and close out in prayer.